0: Welcome to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C, the academic entrepreneur. Some of the most successful stories in business started from failure, sometimes even multiple failures. The guests on our program have faced failure, learned to understand it, and have used it to their advantage. You can too. Get ready for success. Now, here's your host, Dr. Cheryl Lentz.
1: And Welcome back. You are listening to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner, and I'm Dr. C, the academic entrepreneur. Today, we have some interesting guests that are going to offer you some real live, here's no bones about it, business advice that we're going to do regarding failure. I know many of you have emailed me and looked at, but Dr. C, we want to get really down into the yeah, the the nuts and bolts, the nitty gritty, and we have done just that. Today we're going to be speaking with, when we get back from commercial, of course, uh, we'll be talking with Chris Williams and we'll talking with Martha Hanlon. They are with the Wide Awake Business Group, and it is really cool how they strategically position their clients to be able to look from what works, what doesn't, and how to get you there faster, because that's the whole point of this show, is to be able to look at getting what's out of the way all the things and all the ways that don't work in order to be able to get to what does work and how you can do it faster, more effectively, more efficiently, and get to the promised land. So what we're looking for is details. So I want you to get your pens out. I want you to get your uh, ears on very very keenly when you're looking for specific strategies because we want you to walk away with today with at least two or three things that you can do today and this is what I like to have about working with Chris and Martha the instant implementers you're gonna get stuff that you're going to nothing about theory that isn't going to impact your business but things that you can go to do marketing today things that you can do cold calling and selling and all kinds of strategic business and why because these ladies have done it they have had the amazing success they know what works they know what doesn't and so you have a choice you can either do things the hard way your way or you can follow the experts and you can follow in their footsteps. Remember, we've been talking about this since the radio show program began. It's so much easier to follow in someone else's footsteps than try to go go it alone and blaze a trail. You can go your way, but chances are you want to be able to look at who has done it, not who thinks they can. Because this is something in hiring a business coach. Let me give you some really sage advice. You don't want to look at the train the trainer. You want to look at when I'm looking for people to give me advice, I want people who have actually built million-dollar businesses. Why? Because I want to build a million-dollar business. I'm not looking at folks who might or who have. I want to know that they are in the trenches now, right? Things change. We've talked about the failures from many of the technologies that are existing. And it's constantly changing. Just by being on the uh, air with us today, you're going to notice that things are going to be moving even quickly. I mean, Twitter, my goodness, that is such a fast type of pace that you're looking at. All of the digital technologies from Facebook, there's at least three or 400 of them. And so we want to be able to look at the questions. And that's why I love working with Chris and Mark. They're not looking at a one size fits all. They're going to look at giving you some big picture things, of things that work with a lot of different people, but then I'm going to drill down and find out what works with you, what works for you. And this is what uh, they are my coaches and have been in the past, and this is something that has been amazing to work with them because they get it. They're willing to get their hands dirty, and they were willing to adjust as we go along because does everything every all the time work? Nope. Does it work always the first time? Nope. But does it work eventually? Yeah, it does, and this is why these ladies are absolutely brilliant in what they do is because they will help you figure it out, and they're in the moment of being able to say, well, here's what we're going to try, and it has a high probability of success because we have done this before, and remember our Peter the Plumber? The fact that you're not paying for Peter the Plumber that 15 minutes in his hu- in your house to fix your problem. You're paying for all the times that Peter has failed. He learned how not to do it, so when he got to your house, he could do it the first time the right way and do it wonderfully well, even though he might charge you $250 for that particular moment, because you didn't want to learn. And you didn't want to spend 8 to 10 to 12 hours to do it. And that's why we hire experts. So you have the choice. You can either try and learn yourself, which means you're going to have to go through all the ways around the mulberry bush, including those who don't work. Or you can try and get there faster, By hiring a coach who's not above you And they're not below you They're just ahead of you in the process Because they've done it They've got the scars They've got the battle wounds They've got the stories And that's what we're going to do today Is talk to Chris and Martha And to hear about some of their stories So when we come back from break I want you to sharpen that pencil And we're going to look at To hear some of their Brilliant words of wisdom That's going to help you Fail faster and succeed sooner I'm Dr. C And we'll be right back with these messages
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Congratulations on obtaining your doctorate degree and your first university faculty position. Well done. The university expects you to publish, and you don't know where to begin. Contact the Refractive Thinker team, the premier academic publishing house where discriminating scholars publish with purpose. To learn more about the 16-time award-winning series just for doctoral scholars, contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or visit the website refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. Are you a graduate or doctoral student pursuing your master's or doctorate degree? Do you continue to struggle with your writing to meet university expectations? Hire an award-winning editing and coaching team to help you earn that degree faster. We provide individualized programs to meet your unique needs. Graduation awaits. Call us to make your appointment today. The first call is free. Contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or at refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're tuned in to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. To reach Dr. C or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl Lentz at gmail.com. Now, back to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. Here's Dr. C.
1: And welcome back. You have Dr. C, Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. And our guests today are Martha Hanlon and Chris Williams. I'm going to let our listeners get to know both of you ladies. So, Martha, we'll start for you. Tell us a little bit about your background.
2: Well, sure. I probably, and first of all, Cheryl, thank you very much for having both of us here. It's going to be a lot of fun, and hopefully everyone's got their pens in hand, and we'll be writing furiously as we share some things that will really help them to grow their business. My background, probably like many of the people on your phone call, is I come out of corporate America. I got an MBA from one of those very big schools. I went to Wharton and then came out and did what I was supposed to do with a Wharton MBA, and that is work my way through corporate America until I decided that, you know, it really wasn't that much fun. I was in Silicon Valley. I was doing a lot of work for tech companies. And while they are amazing and they've made our economy move in some fascinating and fun ways, they're tough to work with. And I began just kind of serendipitously doing a lot of work with tech startups, with small businesses, and they were so much more fun. And in addition to them being more fun, they are great subject matter experts. Probably a lot of your listeners are great subject matter experts, but they didn't have the education in running a business that I had gotten through corporate America and my college education. And around 2006, I started Wide Awake Business, to be able to work with small business owners, to be able to create simpler, easier, more profitable businesses by helping them to develop their business. Because uh, small business owners work Way too hard, Cheryl. Way too hard. Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) We do, don't we? We work way too hard to produce the results that we get and sometimes feel like we're stressed and overwhelmed and how how can I possibly grow this thing and where do I get customers and this social media stuff isn't working for me and people tell me to do a million things and I'm doing a million things, but I don't see the results. So part of what Chris and I do in Wide Awake Business is to help people first... Strip away the stuff, strip away the busy work, the business housekeeping that we like to get sucked into, we accidentally get sucked into, take the stuff away that doesn't matter, that doesn't make a difference, and focus, laser focus on the things that will make a difference. And that creates businesses that are easier and simpler and more profitable, which is usually what we all want when we get up on the average morning.
1: Absolutely. I remember one of the best advices that you gave me, advices, I like that term, is (laughs) get out of my own way, is to stop overcomplicating and thinking like an academic and just to kind of look at the results that drive what your customer, and guys, listen to this, you have heard this advice before, be a solution to your customer's problem. Instead of giving the universe what you want to give it, you give it to what your customers want, and boy, did that make a big difference, and we're going to get back to that point, but let's bring Chris in here. Chris. Tell us a little bit about your background.
2: Oh, so,
3: thank you again, Cheryl. This is so fun. Um, so my background is I worked at Corporate America at Xerox Corporation for many years. Um, went up the corporate ladder till one day I realized I was so tired of Corporate America telling me, no, I couldn't do something. Came from a family-owned business way back when and really knew that that's what I wanted to be, was a consultant someday. And so I uh, went and set a master's degree program for two weeks because I swore I needed a master's degree, sat there and realized that was not my learning style. And if I ever made it through there, it would be just painstaking. Um, so I went back to Xerox and I said, okay, King X. What can I do that's not corporate? And they go, well, we're starting this brand-new program. We're looking for value-added resellers. We would be happy to give you seven counties and let it be all your business and all that kind of good stuff. So I ran a $4 million company for 11 years, went from um, less than 4% market share to 18% market share. We figured out how to crack the code. And then one day I woke up again (laughs) and realized if I ever had to sell another value-added reseller service that I thought I was going to scream. And so um, I sold my business. And um, that was a pretty fascinating experience because I don't really have anything to sell. But I sold it for full price, cash. Um, And uh, then I met Martha. And we did a couple projects together because that's how we work is do a few projects together and see how it goes. And then one day I tapped her on the shoulder and said, I'm ready to join. What do I have to do? And um, so voila, 10 years later, we're doing wide awake business. And we've had lots of ups and downs and failures or opportunities to learn to do it better that we're going to talk about today.
1: I think that is terrific because this is where the hardest part of being a business owner, because my business now is 10 years old and you, both of you have been an instrumental part of that over the years. But the biggest thing was learning the nicks and bruises that you have to go through in order to fail faster and succeed sooner. So let's see if we can start with some of these. Where have you seen such great success come from about and because of failure? Martha, we'll start with you.
2: Well, I'm going to start with a story that I think most of your listeners are probably aware of. So not too long ago, Amazon put, what, 300, 200 and some odd cities through the ringer, through the jumping through hoops, to figure out whether they could put its headquarters too in that city's location. And two of them came out a winner, Washington, D.C., Queens, New York. What happened to all those other businesses? Well, or cities, I should say. One of them, is, so this is interesting to me. I, I heard an article um, on the radio about the city of Pittsburgh, where I went to undergraduate school, so I was paying a little bit of attention. And Pittsburgh was one of the cities that submitted the proposal, and they didn't. They weren't accepted. So they went through all that work. They did tons of things. They, they sat down and figured out, Um, where the infrastructure was in the city and where it wasn't, and where they had traffic lights and where they had streets and where the schools were good and where the schools weren't good, and they put hundreds and hundreds of thousands and probably millions of dollars into making improvement to submit this bid to Amazon, and they lost. They failed. Except Pittsburgh now knew where all the good parts of the city were, all the places where things needed to be improved. They had started to make the improvements, and other businesses who are not quite as demanding as Amazon are starting to come to Pittsburgh because they have better schools, because they have better infrastructure, because they put sidewalks in. And I looked at that and thought, while it's not a little business, it's the city of Pittsburgh, it's an example that all of us can appreciate because 263 people, 263 people, Cities, I think, submitted a proposal to Amazon. Two, one. Are the rest of them a failure? Not if you take a look at Pittsburgh. It succeeded that, through its failure.
1: Isn't that amazing? And that's what we've been talking a lot about these examples on the show: is Formula 409 when 408 didn't work. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. WD 40. It wasn't WD 39. You know, Edison and the light bulb. Can you imagine if some of these inventors had given up? too soon and couldn't just decide, because Edison, it was, what, 998 ways how not to build a light bulb, and it didn't stop him, but most of us might have stopped at about, oh, I don't know, 7, 8, maybe 409, you know, kind of thing, and so yeah. when we look at this, failure is really not just how you define it, but what you're going to do about it, and so it really depends. Is the glass half empty or is the glass half full? I like to be able to say, fill the glass and not make a choice, so there you well, go. Well, I think,
2: I think if you look at all those examples, too, there's, there's a fine point. They didn't fail and stopped. This approach failed, so I'm changing my approach. Let me try this approach. Oh, well, that did a little bit better. Let me make an adjustment again. And when we're talking about small businesses, that is one of the things I think that, that we all have to start to understand, that sometimes success comes in gray colors rather than black and white. Sometimes you utterly fail, and maybe you should walk away. Most of the time, that failure means make an adjustment. Make an adjustment. Maybe your marketing wasn't spot on. Just change one thing. Does it get better? Maybe your sales approach wasn't good. Make an adjustment. Change one thing. Does it get better? So all those examples that you laid out, to me, the part that's interesting about them is it wasn't an utter failure and they said, bye, I'm walking away. They made an adjustment in their approach.
1: Well, there's also one of my favorite stories is not just an adjustment in their approach, but an adjustment in what they thought the findings would mean. And I'm sure we all know the Viagra story. The Viagra story was supposed to be blood pressure medicine. And it was a giant failure until someone noticed an interesting plethora of interesting side effects that now became the market focus. That wasn't what that drug started out to be, and everyone likes to giggle and things. But the whole point is still the same, is it was a matter of perspective, kind of like Post-it notes. When 3M did its Post-it notes, it was a glue that failed because the glue was supposed to stick. But in Post-it notes, it was like, but we don't want the glue to stick. And so it's really a matter of someone else's trash is someone else's treasure. And this, to me, is all a matter of not just tweaking, but sometimes just seeing it going, oh, well, that's not so bad if you look at it this way kind of thing. So, Chris, let's bring you bring you in here and tell you about some of your clients' success, to failure stories, because I know one of the things you do best is you like to test, and you will test that marketing campaign, and you'll test that marketing campaign, and you usually have a half a dozen of them there until you find the one that works, and I applaud that level of patience because I'm lucky I do one or two before I decide that, you know, I don't know if I have the patience for this. You actually get excited about it. <laughs> Well, you
3: know, um, I I actually have two stories, but one story is about us and one story is about a client. So I'm going to use the client story first. But um, so one of my clients, she was doing a referral marketing project and trying to create a referral marketing system. And she was having a really difficult time. So she would send, so her referral partners are lawyers, CPA, certified financial planners. And What she would, her system, how it was set up was she would send out these letters, then she would follow up by phone calls. She wouldn't get anywhere and she kept, she had done the same thing over and over for years and not being very successful at, I mean, really painstakingly um, tedious about making the phone calls, doing the follow-up and she basically said it failed. And I go, well, it failed, but now you know what doesn't work. So we added one piece. actually two pieces, to her entire process. And so I said, you know, what people like is they don't throw away handwritten notes. And we all know that people don't throw away handwritten notes. So you're going to, instead of sending a typed letter, you're going to send an article, one page with a handwritten note on it, and you're going to hand deliver it. She goes, I never get anywhere with the front receptionist. I They just don't talk to me. I don't get anywhere. And I go, your new job is to be friends with the receptionist. And so she just tallied in. This is a brand new story. She just tallied in last week, and she said she sent out 27 letters. She followed up in person with her sticky notes, her handwritten sticky notes on an article, to 20 of them, got two appointments and one referral. She said that's the fastest referral she's ever had, but if she hadn't have failed and been telling me about the failure, I'm not sure I could have reworked her system, right, because she learned what didn't work. What didn't work is the unpersonalized letters and follow-up phone calls. Didn't work, but she would have never known that until she tried it and tried it and tried it and it wasn't working.
1: Well, and that's part what you have both taught me is the ability is to take the time to debrief. Take the time to look at what works and what doesn't. And so that you know, instead of, I love what you said, is doing the same thing over and over and over, which is the definition of insanity in terms of trying to figure out what doesn't work uh, and why we keep doing things over and over because busy is not the same as productive. So I want to keep it there for a moment. We are listening to Martha Hanlon and Chris Williams, and we will return with them as we come back from these short messages from our sponsors. Just a moment.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Congratulations on obtaining your doctorate degree and your first university faculty position. Well done. The university expects you to publish, and you don't know where to begin. Contact the Refractive Thinker team, the premier academic publishing house, where discriminating scholars publish with purpose. To learn more about the 16-time award-winning series just for doctoral scholars, contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or visit the website, refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. Are you a graduate or doctoral student pursuing your master's or doctorate degree? Do you continue to struggle with your writing to meet university expectations? Hire an award-winning editing and coaching team to help you earn that degree faster. We provide individualized programs to meet your unique needs. Graduation awaits. Call us to make your appointment today. The first call is free. Contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or at refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're tuned in to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. To reach Dr. C or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl Lince at gmail.com. Now, back to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. Here's Dr. C.
1: And welcome back. You are listening to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C. And we are talking with Martha Hanlon and Chris Williams. And before we went to break, Chris was about to tell us about a personal story for their failure stuff. So, Chris, we're going to start with you this time around. Tell us about what your personal experience has been so you've got some good p- tips for us here.
3: So, um, thanks, Cheryl. I, I think this is such a perfect story. and. Um, It's very personal to wide awake business, and some people would say, "Oh, I can't believe you're going to share that story." And it's such great learning. So we were running this project, a pretty big, oh, I don't know, expensive in some sense. Just that it took us a lot of time, and we were running this big program with the local chamber of commerce in um, in the state. And what we learned, where there were 15 chamber of commerce,s they could all buy this program. And we could market to them all day long. So we started marketing. We got four or five chambers to sign up. Well, what happened was even though they signed up and it was training for their members, none of their members ever showed up. So the chambers were paying for this training. The members signed up, but didn't show up. And so it went on and on for a couple of months, a little bit longer for five or six months and it crashed and burned. And the Chambers love us. It wasn't that they were mad. They just said it didn't work, so we're canceling. So I went back to Martha, and Martha, I don't know if you remember this, but I went back to Martha, and I'm like, I can't believe that failed so badly. And I was just beside myself of how terrible that failure <laughs> was. Do you remember? I remember. Um, and, and Martha reframed it for me, and she said, wait a second. Didn't we get that really big $120,000 account from that experience, and I go, well, it didn't exactly come from that experience, but we got that referral from one of the folks we met at the chamber, and she goes, well, didn't we also build a relationship with such-and-such such person and this person and got this deal, and, and then I started looking at it, so what happened was the success didn't look like I expected. It looked completely different, and the success was actually bigger than I thought it was going to be that first year. So I love the experience of like every time something doesn't work exactly right or how I expect it, I always go back to that moment and go, well, that program didn't work, but everything that came out of it worked brilliantly.
1: I think that's perspective is everything and learning and looking at how one defines failure. Failure might have been the program itself, i.e. they signed up but didn't show up, But the success was way differently because that failed, but this led to other things. So I like how you frame that: is a what it looked like was different. So let's look at some of these specific tips because I want to make sure that we get into this opportunity in there. And so, Martha, let's start with you. Is something every business owner should focus on? What is their number one priority that they have to do?
2: Oh, so easy. And some of your listeners will go, well, duh, it seems so obvious. (laughs) However, there's a lot of subtleties to it, and that is, Build your entire business with your customer in the center of it, with the customer in mind, everything. Like, here's the stuff that is hard for most of us to understand. Your customer does not care about you. Your customer doesn't care about your product. They don't even care about your solution, to go back to something that you said earlier. It's not even about the solution, Cheryl. It's about my problem. And Most people, and Chris and I work with businesses that make $5,000 and $5 million and $10 million a year all across the board. And one of the things we watch repeatedly is not a very exact definition of who the ideal customer is and forgetting that the ideal customer is the centerpiece. Not you or your products or services. We're building the business from our customer into us rather than from us out to our customer. So every time you talk about you, think here's the way I, we can make, maybe make a little scoring system. I'm making this up right now on the spot. Every time you talk about your customer and the issue or the challenge they have, give yourself one point. Every time you talk about yourself, take away two points. Go take a look at your website. Are you ahead? Or are you behind?
1: I like that. That is really just good. I made thing. these things
2: up on the spot.
1: <laughs> but that is the priority because I remember, and I tell this to a lot of my clients and students who graduate right now, and they're always looking about. Well, this is what I want to do. I'm like, that's great, but does your customer need what you do? And they always pause, going, oh, "I never thought of it that way." And so the point is a better them- question:
2: Do they want what you have?
1: Ah, I like right? that because even you,
2: you're the expert. All your listeners are the expert. Nobody knows, their clients know less than they do. We know more than our clients about business development, about making simpler, easier, more profitable businesses. We know more. We know what they need, but they're not always out shopping for what they need. They're shopping for what they want. Mm. And you need to attract them with the want. And if the want's correct, terrific if the wants like a waste of their money then when you after you've attracted them now you're going to tell them why the want comes in second place and you're going to do this first because as experts we all know what the real source of the problem is you clients don't so they're rarely out looking for the thing that they need they're out looking for the thing they want
1: we used to tell my students, it's not, you know, you can take a horse to water, you can't make them drink, but my job is to uh-huh. make them thirsty so they want to drink. Uh-huh. And, and so that exactly. they want what you have. But it does come down to the psychology of, of understanding your client more about what they need and want other than what you want to give them. Because sometimes we right. give them the great advice, but if they're not ready to hear it or they're not open to hear it, they're not going to buy from you and they're still going to have their problem a year from now until they decide it's time. Right.
2: So Chris and I talk about clients in a a rather irreverent way, and I don't mean this from a religious perspective, so I'm I'm not going to offend anybody, but we take a look at, at our clients' clients, and we break them into three categories. There are believers. There are people, when you start talking about the problem that you solve, the thing that you do, they're like, oh my heavens, Cheryl, where have you been all of my life? We want as many of those people as possible. Then you have the atheists. And you can see why I'm not trying to be religious and sacrilegious here. Atheists understand what you're talking about, and they argue with you about it, but they feel like they're believers because they understand. It's just that because of back and forth, back and forth, you believe you're going to be able to convert them, and the truth of the matter is you probably can't. You need to recognize who they are, they're not believers, and move on. And then there's the third group, and that's agnostics. And the agnostics don't know what you're talking about. They don't have any knowledge of the subject. They don't have any knowledge of the problem as you, the expert, see it. So you have to spend your time educating them so they can decide if they want to be a believer or if they're going to be an atheist. And so it's so much easier to market when you're talking to believers. So leave that what-you-need language aside and focus your language on what they want. And you will have, almost from that first step, so if I go back to your question, almost from that first step, you will have an easier and simpler and more profitable business just from that one small change, putting your customer in the center of your business.
1: I love that. And a little bluebird told me that you have a new book coming out. Chris, why don't you give us the highlights about your book in there, and then we'll have uh, Martha give me some of the details from it. So. Yeah,
2: so, So, Chris, do you have bluebirds in your neighborhood that are talking?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Cheryl, you have apparently you've got bluebirds in your neighborhood. I have bluebirds
1: yes. in my neighborhood. Hmm. Yes,
2: we do have a new book coming out. So our first book, Customers Are the Answer to Everything, was an Amazon bestseller, and we are currently working diligently on our next book, which we, what we hope will be equally as successful, and success being important to the readers and valuable to the readers. And the book is called, can I like give everybody here the bluebird clue
1: Absolutely, please. Well, okay. you've heard it here okay. first, everyone. We'll debut it today.
2: Okay. So the book is going to be called Customer Topia. And customer-topia is about fundamentally, if you will, kind of close your eyes and feel this with me, is living in that land where clients are plentiful. And you have as many as you desire, and they're easy to find, and you have, therefore, an easier, simpler, more profitable business. And so our target is to have our book launch in March of next year. So thank you for asking. We're excited Tell us it.
1: where we can find information because I want my uh, listeners to be able to find you and Chris. So give us your contact information to incorporate as part of there, so we know how they can continue the conversation with you. How do they find you?
2: Well, we are very findable. Um, our names uh, are probably easy to find in some ways. There's probably a lot of Chris Williams out there. There probably aren't too many Martha Hamlins, but everyone likes to misspell my last name. So here's the easy way to find us. Chris at WideAwakeBusiness.com or Martha at WideAwakeBusiness.com. That's the easiest way to find us. You can find our website on the Internet, which is a great place for a website to be, at WideAwakeBusiness.com. And I'd rather than give everybody a phone number unless uh, we can always do that too, I suppose. Um, Emails are great. Our website is great. Information about our book will end up on the website as we get a little closer. And Chris, what do you think? Shall we share the office phone number? It makes sense to me.
3: Yes. Right.
1: 530-878-1491. Terrific. Well, let's take some perhaps uh, coming advice from that book, if you will. And as we figure, as we close out the segment today, we want to be able to look at what's the best advice that you might offer and Chris we'll start with you what are the maybe top 2 things that you would tell upcoming entrepreneurs business owners on things they really need to pay close attention to what do you think
3: well it's kind of interesting i was just got off the phone with a beginning entrepreneur who's ran her own business for many 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 years and she's starting a new business and she wants everything perfect. She wants the website perfect. She wants the business cards perfect. She wants the rack card perfect. And I finally told her today, I go, Amy, it's not going to be perfect. And here's why. It can't be perfect until you actually get it in front of your customers because you need feedback from them. Like trying to make it all perfect before you ever let a customer see it drives me crazy. We had one client talk about a failure and it did end up. Positive, but they um, were working on this um, real estate uh, software program, and they were developers (laughs) and real estate moguls. And they were doing this incredible software program to let people who were real estate investors manage their real estate portfolio. And we kept telling them, you need to get it out in front of customers. And they're like, we're not ready yet. It's not ready. It's not done. And we're like, you need to get it out in front of customers. We must have told them three, four, five times throughout their coaching with us that they needed to get it out in front of customers. So what happened? It was 2008. The real estate market crashed. Nobody was buying uh, any kind of software development product that would help them manage their real estate. They were just trying to you know, patch up the holes in their real estate portfolio. And their business crashed and burned because it never got off the ground because they waited too long. So number one advice is don't wait till it's all perfect. Customers like to see that you're in prog- process and you're making progress toward the next step. And until you get their feedback on it, it can't be perfect. So that's probably one thing that's near and dear to my heart um, all the time. And I just, just shared it with this, with Amy just a few minutes ago. The other thing I was going to say is that Um, Martha and I have doubled our business multiple years in a row and had incredible growth rates, incredible profit margin rates, all that kind of good stuff. And there are two things that we've done over and over and over again that I really think make a difference in how we do business. One is we really learn our critical success factors, like what are the things that we must do in order to drive our business. And what I love about critical success factors, and this isn't a teaching module, so I'm not going to teach you about them today. I'm going to just talk about them. Is What they do for us in growing our business is every time something comes across our desk that's a bright, shiny object, you know what those are, Cheryl, right? Bright shiny oh, yeah, objects. going down that and rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, getting the bright, shiny object and having it. So you can take a look at it and measure it up against the critical success factors and critical success factors are what must happen in my business in order for me to move forward, grow my business, et cetera. If that bright shiny object does not match any of those critical success, excuse me, success factors, then one of two things have to happen. Either I throw the bright shiny object in the garbage, which is usually what we do, or we have to change one of the critical success factors because that means that that bright shiny object just became more important than something else we were doing. So that's one thing. And then the second thing is knowing your numbers. I don't know how many business owners we know who I asked them, how much revenue did you make last year? "Um, I don't know. (laughs) Or like how many widgets did you sell? "Um, uh, Around... It's like, no, you have to know that down to your socks. And if you don't know those numbers, that's one of the ways that businesses that we create easier, simpler, more profitable businesses, because that's what Martha and I do all day long is create easier, simpler, more profitable businesses by knowing the numbers, by figuring out what your critical success factors are, and not making everything perfect before it goes in front of the customer.
1: That's brilliant. And I will tell you, if you ask me those questions as a result of your coaching, is I know my numbers now. And I have created those. Shows. I know. any time, Martha would be able to ask me and I would be Good able to rattle you. off that numbers. And I'm like, yes, but it took me a long time of trying to fight her on this. And she'll remember that of a why. And it was a just just go ahead and do it eventually. And now I have a spreadsheet. I have all my numbers with one exception that I'm working on right now about forecasting. But the rest of them, I've got cold. And Martha B's like, yeah, she got it. I like yeah. that. All right, Martha, Yay. your turn. <laughs> you would be so. See, I was listening. See, this is. There's nothing more exciting when you have a coachee who actually follows what the coacher is talking about. It's fabulously wonderful. So, all right, Martha, you're, you're on eyes. the hot seat Don't now. Make us what cry. are your priorities?
2: Say again. Uh, Martha, we what are your priorities
1: that you're going to have? What is your beats of advice that you can leave with our wonderful listeners of A? Here's things you got to do.
2: Well, I want to talk about a little bit of a mindset thing, and that is people like to tell you that being in business is hard. Like Our parents probably said, oh, being in business is hard. You have to work hard. When you told someone you wanted to go in business for yourself, they were like, oh, why would you want to do that? That's kind of hard. Well... It doesn't have to be hard. That's the thing I think I really want your, your listeners to understand. If you're sitting with a business that you think is hard, or you feel overwhelmed by it, or you feel stressed by it, I want to replace the bad stress. Chris and I want to replace the bad overwhelm with, um, I'm going to call it good overwhelm or good stress. And the first step is to take the junk out of your business. Take the busy work out. Take the office housekeeping work. Take the unproductive stuff out. One of the one of the stories that Chris often shares is there was a gentleman we were working with a handful of years ago, and often when we start working with clients, they'll say, "Well, but don't tell me how to do, don't tell me to do things I've already done in the past that don't work." And this guy said. You know, I've been doing door hangers for I can't tell you how long, and I'm not doing them anymore. And our question to him was, why were you? did they work? And he said, no, they're a big old waste of money. So the really big question was, why did you do them for so long? <laughs> so business doesn't have to be hard. It becomes hard when you look at your plate and it's filled with busy work and office housekeeping, and unproductive stuff. Have a plan, which is where the numbers fall in. Have a plan. It doesn't have to be thousands of pages. It can be on cocktail napkins. I don't care. Have a plan, and let it be your guidepost. And sometimes you're going to deviate from the plan, but you're going to do it for the right reason, as opposed to it just came down the pike.
1: Oh, we plan our well, first. We work our plan, and then we or we plan our work. Then we work our plan. So that's imagine, huh? Uh, I know, and it's so simple. Sometimes I know I, I have to get out of my own way when I start getting too much into the complicated. It's like, nope, got to use the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. It just it, it's easier that way.
2: Yeah, so much easier. And then you know you be you get to have that easier, simpler, more profitable business because that's our superpower. We're always looking for the superpower in our clients. Enabling our clients to have an easier, simpler, more profitable business is what our superpower is, and we do it every day. And for your listeners who are looking for something like that, there's no one we'd rather work with than you.
3: Fantastic. Well, and I have to add one part to that, Cheryl. This is totally funny. So um, I... Martha and I use this easier, simpler, more profitable business all the time. And when I was testing it, because I was just not sure if it was going to work or whatever. And so I was standing up in front of an audience, I don't know, 60 plus people. And I said, do you really care if I use mashed potato therapy or raindrop therapy. And there was a guy sitting right in front and I caught his name, his name was Michael, and I go, Michael, seriously, do you care if I create an easier, simpler, more profitable business with you? Do you care if I use mashed potato therapy or raindrop therapy? And he goes, I don't care, just make it happen. And so <laughs> it it's really is true as business owners, right? That's what we want, easier, simpler, more profitable. We don't care how it happens.
1: Well, as I long think as you, you this. Exactly. The words of wisdom... Uh, As we bring this segment to a close, I want to thank our guests, Martha Hanlon and Chris Williams of Wide Awake Business. It has been remarkable talking with you and to see the simplicity, the elegance of these minor tweaks that many of us, we really take the long way around the mulberry bush. And so these are (laughs) terrific to have these very easier, simpler Techniques that are going to get us to where we want to go and where we need to go if we could just get out of our own way. So I want to thank you both for joining us. Thank you for your wonderful words of wisdom. And uh, please remind our guests and our and our listeners to go find them, go talk to them. These are remarkable women who have done it. And trust me, you are not going to be anything new that they have not seen, and they can help you. So we will come back and finish up the show here in just a moment. So ladies, thank you again for joining us. Again, Wide Awake Business with Martha Hanlon and Chris Williams. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be right back with our little gifts from our sponsors.
0: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a graduate or doctoral student pursuing your master's or doctorate degree? Do you continue to struggle with your writing to meet university expectations? Hire an award-winning editing and coaching team to help you earn that degree faster. We provide individualized programs to meet your unique needs. Graduation awaits. Call us to make your appointment today. The first call is free. Contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or at refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. Congratulations on obtaining your doctorate degree and your first university faculty position. Well done. The university expects you to publish, and you don't know where to begin. Contact the Refractive Thinker team, the premier academic publishing house, where discriminating scholars publish with purpose. To learn more about the 16-time award-winning series just for doctoral scholars, contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or visit the website refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're tuned in to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. To reach Dr. C. or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Lentz at gmail.com. Now, back to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. Here's Dr. C.
1: And welcome back. This is Dr. Cheryl Lentz, and you have been listening to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C., the academic entrepreneur. It is such a pleasure to have you meet some of my coaches that I have had, again, uh, Martha Hanlon and Chris Williams for Wide Awake Business. They have been part of my journey getting to this point, and part of the advice that they both offer you is the simplicity of being able to get in and out of our own way. And the ability for us to not make it so catastrophic. And we look at at what works, what doesn't. We fix, we tweak. We look at it maybe from a different perspective. That was my impression when I look at and hear some of these stories. Is failure is all how we define it? Notice the story that Chris told about the Chamber of Commerce. That if they defined success as getting clients and having the Chamber who paid for a service that none of their Chamber members actually used, that was failure. But then when she was talking with Martha and they started looking at it, it's like, yeah, but didn't we get this client from there and didn't we make this contact and didn't we make that referral? And wasn't that the point? So is this really a failure? And the question and the answer becomes, it's all on how you define it. And so remember, glass half full, glass half empty, fill the darn glass and look at it from a standpoint I love Chris's way of saying success didn't look like we thought it might. And I think that's brilliant because I sometimes have to remember it because I tend to focus on all the things I did wrong that day. And I wonder if it's just human nature of us. We focus on what we do wrong first before we focus on what we do right. And when we focus on what we do wrong, that F word comes out. That concept of failure comes out. That ability to say, oh, my God, we suck comes out as opposed to it's like, now hold the phone. Let's kind of rethink all of this. Let's reframe this. Let's look at everything that happened. It's like, well, if we thought that failure was getting clients in the door this way, but they came a different way, we still got clients, right? Like we were talking, you know, with Martha was saying, does it matter how you get the business in the door so long as it is according to ethics and it's uh, easier and it's simpler and it's more profitable? Does it matter what we call the technique? A rose is a rose, a rose. Ask our friend Shakespeare. So part of what we want to be able to look at is something every business owner should really focus on. is their ability to think about how we can discover ways to help bring your success forward. And that success may have to be through failure. Why? Right? Not everything's going to work every time. And that's why I admire Chris in particular. She is fearless when it comes to marketing. And she will like, well, let's do it this way. Well, that didn't work. Let's do it this way. And nothing really tends to, to get her down at all. She's just all looking at it. it's part and par- part of the process where, unfortunately, I sometimes get a bit catastrophic in my thinking going, oh, my gosh, it didn't work. And so it's the end of the world. I mean, how many of us have done that? And so we want to be able to look at how do we step forward and try and change what Martha was referring to as mindset. How you look at something is how you're going to behave around something. Remember they were talking about how to make it customer-focused. It's not about you. It's about them. And it's not even what I originally was looking at as being a solution to their problem. And Martha's like, yeah, let's take it one step further. It's not about what they need because we know what they need. But until we can want and make them want what they need, we're not going to be very effective as coaches. And so the idea is first we plan our work, then we work our plan. But we have to look at the plan Being all about what the customer wants because they're only going to buy from us when we can make that connection to them. And I like that idea of Chris saying about the idea of perfection. We've talked about this on this program before as well, and that was a big deal for me as a college professor, because I have done all of these. I have my own YouTube channel, and I do teaching videos for my students, and I use this whole technology that, tu- that tutors, and I use my blog, and all these other kinds of things that were pretty remarkable about four or five years ago, and I've been doing it since January 2011, now I have this, this repertoire, this library of things I do, because quite frankly I was going over it, and over it, and over it, and so I just made a video about it. But it was sharing the idea of giving them what they needed when they needed it. But I thought it had to be perfect to do it. And this is where Chris gets into it. it just doesn't have to be perfect, it has to be there. And I often talk to my clients, because I am a perfectionist as you know, a recovering perfectionist, and I would record it and record it. I remember doing one video forty times because it drove me up a wall. I just couldn't get it right. And then my students said, We didn't want you to get it right. We wanted you to be able to be human because if you can do it. Then we can do it. And that has stuck with me If that ability is it doesn't have to be perfect. Every book that goes to press, no matter how many eyes I have at it, there's always going to be some little typo in there somewhere and it's going to drive me up a wall. But if I waited till it was perfect, I would have never published any of the books that I've ever done. And I've up to, I think, 39 that I have published with publications between my dissertation and and books and journals and all kinds of stuff that I've done. I would have never done the first had I not been willing to risk the fact, yeah, I'm not going to be perfect. I put a target on my back. I risk having the ability to make mistakes, and if people call me out on it, well, we fix them. But sometimes that need to be perfect can stall some people. And as Chris was saying, is it stalled that company so much, they actually never made it to market. And because of what happened in the market, their business failed before it ever got off the ground. And so we have to look at sometimes you need to be market first. It doesn't have to be perfect. It has to be good enough. And for a recovering perfectionist, that is tough. That is tough. Is what does good enough look like? I know as a, an editor myself, when we bring a, a book to market, we have to make sure that it's darn near perfect and you dot all the T's, I's and cross all the T's. And But perfection is really looking at if the content is amazing and the content shifts their business we can tolerate that there is a typo in there. And it's kind of something that you just kind of, well, it's we're human. We make mistakes. We get it as close as we can. But we want to be able to look at failure is only failure if the fat lady sings. And so we want to help you continue the conversation. So make sure that you contact Martha and Chris via email or on their websites or in their Voicemails and give them a call and start talking with people, and you'll realize you're not so different than the rest of us. Having your own business is just a different type of learning how to go around the mulberry bush more effectively the first time so as they like to say make it easier make it simpler and to make it more profitable so in order to continue the conversation with us make sure you're in charge of my email dr. and our fail faster succeed sooner website and iTunes and Google and you can go back and listen to all of our archives that we've had in the show and some really terrific guests from Frank Shankowitz and the Make-A-Wish Foundation to Michael Palka and Angie Austin from the Mike and Angie show. We've had professors on here from Dr. Aaron Glassman to Dr. Matt Earnhardt from Embry riddle Aeronautical University. We've had business owners. We've had all terrific people that have learned something through the connection of success through failure. We didn't get it right the first time. We're human. Isn't that an amazing connection that we all put our pants on the same way, one pant leg at a time? And as we learn to Embrace failure, not let that F word stand in our way. Just look at it as a pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and start all over again. Can you imagine if there was no 409, they stopped at 408? There was no post-it note because there was the inability to see a glue that, oh my gosh, a glue that didn't stick. How absolutely anticlimactic. So as we continue learning about the dance of failure, Make sure that you understand that if you're not the lead dog, the view doesn't change. Lead yourself through this process. Lead and understand that failure is only failure if we let it and we stop. The glass doesn't have to be half empty. The glass doesn't have to be half full. Fill the glass. Take a chance. Be willing to risk it all and be willing to fail so that you can succeed. So the last tips that I will have is believe in yourself. That has got to be the biggest part of being able to have the courage to take that first step, to be a business owner, to be an entrepreneur, to take that idea you've been thinking about for years, that book that you want to publish, that book you've been dying to write, but you were too afraid to. FDR said it best, feel the fear and do it anyway. I'm Dr. Cheryl Lentz. You've been listening to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C., the Academic Entrepreneur. And we'll see you back every Thursday to be able to look at what we've got new to teach you about how to fail faster and succeed sooner. Start dancing with failure and start leading. You can do this. I believe in you. Good luck.
0: Thank you for joining us this week for Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C, the academic entrepreneur. Dr. Cheryl Lentz invites you to listen again next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time for you to find your success. We'll talk again next week.